Welcome to On the Road to No Place Left. This is Feeney, and I'm driving as we learn to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard. During the initial lockdowns of the 2020 pandemic, I partnered with Jeff Sundell to capture some stories about movement leaders. The interview in this episode fits right along that same topic. Dr. Emmanuel Prince has given a great gift to the movement community. It's a book called Movement Catalysts, and it's empirical research on those who have started movements of disciples and churches. We'll just jump right in with Emmanuel, but I encourage you to check out the show notes and listen to his episode with Steve Addison on the Movements podcast that shares more of his backstory. What has brought me to the topic of movements? Um, I was a 21-year-young seminary student, and my professor of missions back then taught Introduction to Missions. And one of the 15 lectures, um, just 15 minutes long, he devoted to the topic of people movements. Not church planting movements, that term didn't exist then, not disciple-making movement, people movements. And he told our students in brief sketches about uh, Westcombe Pickett uh, and 1933, uh, mass Christian mass movements in India, and uh, people movements in southern Polynesia. What was the uh, author? It uh, escapes my mind now. Anyway, and a little bit of McGavran. And I was fascinated and I was taken aback and I thought wow why have I never heard about this why has no missionary who has come to my home church ever talked about movements and I was so excited that I went to uh, a, a town about uh, a, a couple of hours drive away that's a town where the university has the mandate to have every single theological book that's ever published anywhere and so I thought that's the place where I find anything on movements, mm-hmm. took out all the books that I found on the shelves, Xerox, photocopied each one of them, took them home, read them, and started to pray and said, Father, please use me among a people group that has zero disciples today to start a movement. I have no idea. I have no confidence. I don't know how you can ever use someone like me, but please do use me. And grow me on the way and uh, help me to know what to learn so I can be used in this way. Amen. That's awesome. And I'll link to the conversation you had with Steve Addison about a little bit more about that and even some of the work you guys saw God do in Sudan there. And uh, I've enjoyed listening to that myself. Um, It's probably a quick fast forward, but how did you get to the point of wanting to write this book about movement leaders? And feel free to and better explain it than even me saying that. But just kind of give us a little bit of the backstory to get to this point. So as a 21-year-old, I started to pray, Father, use me to start a movement among an unengaged people group. That was a big, bold prayer for a shy young man uh, at the time. And uh, as the years went on, I even said, well, I can only devote my life to one people group. But how about all the other people groups? So I started saying, Father, I have no idea, but more needs to be done than just this one people group in Sudan that I'm heading to. Could we could you could you use me beyond that? Um and then we did experience a movement breakthrough. And uh the breakthrough happened that within a week I saw hundreds of Muslims come into the kingdom, including mm. 
village chiefs, sheikhs, uh, imam in the mosque, uh, army, rebel army commanders, uh, you name it. Uh, yeah, and um, you'll find more of that story on Steve Addison's uh, blog. Well, practically speaking, I was in demand <laughs> because people took interest, uh, although we kept it kind of under the under the rug a bit at the time when it was small. But people said, okay, what, what happened? Uh, what did God do? What did you do right? Uh, how do you explain this? Can you uh, train us or can you coach us? And so um, I began to mentor others uh, who were aspiring to see a movement. I began to develop little training units um and and i wrestle with the question well you know you can train people in so many things uh um you know um mm-hmm. every trainer has wrestled with that question here of my precious two days or sometimes it's even less than that or three days at best mm-hmm. what do i put into the curriculum and so um i said well there's 100 movement trainers in the world hundred different uh, ideas how to do it. I said, I could base this on my own experience and develop a training that is based on what I believe is absolutely essential for a movement practitioner to be trained in. Or I could do a, a study mm. and and really do empirical research, something that had never been done before, uh, to find out what do other movements catalysts say what were the key factors that contributed to them catalyzing a movement? And that's set me on the on the journey. Now, I didn't know how to do uh, research. <laughs> how would I? So I said, Father, I will not enroll in this doctoral program if unless I have some confirmation from you that the outcomes of my study will really, really be a blessing to the missions world Mm. and there will be outcomes there will be findings and the findings will be the 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 basis the foundation for a training to be developed that truly equips movement catalysts so father if if that's not in the in this phd program i I have no interest in it i will not Mm. start it even and uh, i had uh i couldn't say that you know, I had a dream or vision about this, but I had some assurance. Yes, the father is with me in this and I should do this. And yes, uh, this has been a journey um, to first conduct the research. Uh, well, to first learn how to do re- proper research mm-hmm. and then to conduct the research was a period of actually two and a half years of of interviewing and surveying um a movement catalyst in 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 15 different countries and then writing up the whole thing was in another journey and then actually putting it into publication form to have a book uh, mm-hmm. was uh, uh took another year so here we are today and the book is out this probably isn't fair but i liken it in my mind a book i remember reading a long time ago i really enjoyed was the book good to great by jim collins and what he did in there mm-hmm. is he took empirical research and he said kind of what we thought about um, these great companies, we've actually got backwards and it's not everything, but some of the things were very counter, they were simple, but also counterintuitive. So I kind of, that's where my mind went when I heard about this book is like, what for you, and we can get into other things, but I'd just love to know, like, what was the biggest surprise maybe as you dove into the research and and you did all this about movement catalysts? Let me say this first. Um, I also read Good to Great, 
And Jim Collins inspired me actually to mm. add to my original research a control group study. I will explain in brief for those who don't know what it is. Um, yeah. It's basically saying we have all these catalysts um, and they have certain traits and competencies in common. So that explains what empowers them to start a movement. Now, you know, let's assume all the catalysts um, like uh, Dr. Pepper, and that's a commonality. Well, that does not explain uh, the reason that a movement was burst, but, you know, it could right. feature. So basically what I did then in an add-on to the study is I surveyed uh, pioneer leaders who had not started a movement in in comparable uh, settings among the similar or the same people groups mm. and then i could compare uh, and really determine what are those traits and competencies that effective catalysts exhibit that non-effective catalysts don't mm. uh, so that as an introduction uh, we both love jim collins apparently and he did inspire me or yeah inspire me in, in how i designed the study Unexpected findings. First of all, there has been a lot of talk in the movement world about the right methodology. And it is clearly an uh, uh, unexpected finding that according to the data, the person of the catalysts and what traits and competencies they exhibit consistently in their life and ministry has a clear association, a, a correlation even, with the catalyzing of movements. Mm -hmm. Whereas methodology is not, un, not unimportant, it's not insignificant, but there's a whole range of different methodologies that are used by, by effective catalysts. So, mm -hmm. in other words, um, wherever you see a movement, you see practitioners using a whole range of different approaches. Mm -hmm. Wherever you see a movement, however, you see a catalyst that exhibits a particular set of qualities, a particular mm -hmm. set of traits and competencies. Mm -hmm. And I asked, I surveyed the effective catalyst and asked them the question, how frequently do you exhibit this? Not at all, or frequently, if not always, on that range. And I asked them also to verify how significantly do you assess that quality to have contributed to your effective catalyzing of a movement? So, mm -hmm. give you an illustration. One of the qualities expectant face mm -hmm. features very, very strongly with all catalysts. They also say it has contributed very significantly. In other words, hadn't it been for that trait, there would not be a movement today. So that's one fi a key finding. Mm -hmm. um, it is the person, as Bill Smith said, mm -hmm. it's the person that God blesses, not the method. I'll jump to the other side of that, and then we'll maybe mm -hmm. delve into other specifics. But was there anything... That was just confirmed um you whether it was you or maybe it's kind of what people assume is common knowledge that as you dove into that same the same thing wow this really is accurate to how um missions and, and movement thinkers are already thinking uh absolutely um yeah i studied all the publications by other authors on the person of the catalyst and the picture that we get um you know people like um 
David Watson mm -hmm. or Steve Smith and others. Um, the picture that we get is it's to do with certain spiritual traits. Mm -hmm. So the character, something, certain spiritual qualities combined with an understanding of CPM methodology. That mm -hmm. is the right person. And in fact, that was confirmed mm -hmm. uh, by the data. So uh, catalysts exhibit certain spiritual qualities like hunger for God, most strongly of all, mm -hmm. uh, expectant faith, as I said, evangelistic zeal, confidence in the Bible, confident in the spirit. Um, mm -hmm. So this is there. Um, however, there are also certain aspects that are not necessarily spiritual in nature. You could put them under the category of certain personality traits, mm. uh, certain motivational aspects, for example, a drive to achieve, a desire to excel, tangible love, mm. um, and some in, in, in mental uh, qualities as well. Um, mm. So like uh, they are radical learners or they have the ability of complex thinking. Um, and certain relational aspects, uh, behaviorally outgoing, uh, there are social magnets, um, and then finally some transformational competencies that they use. So there are people who are able to inspire vision in others, to uh, challenge assumptions, to influence and shape the beliefs of others and others. So in other words, it's not just spiritual plus CPM knowledge, it's broader. A couple of things I'd love to know. Uh, that relate to this one maybe um myth i've heard is that the receptivity of the people group is like a really big factor in other words the maybe it's assumed that if the people aren't like in a spot where they're responsive um just pre-responsive that then a movement won't happen and is that and maybe i guess i have to ask how does that tie to the leader but also what did the did the research speak into that at all that's a, a very good question, Afini. And in fact, I did investigate that as well. Mm. Uh, in summary, receptivity or lack of receptivity to the gospel is not correlated with movement breakthrough at all. Mm. So I use the Dayton scale. Uh, some may be familiar with that, which assesses spiritual receptivity uh, basically on a scale from... Um, minus five to plus five and that means uh very re highly receptive and and not receptive at all in in fact hostile antagonistic toward the gospel and if you if you picture that spectrum from minus to plus you have movements all the way on the scap uh, spectrum mm. in fact there are slightly more movements among the somewhat antagonistic societies mm. than are among the receptive societies and then you have in the middle indifferent in other words they're not for the gospel and not against the gospel they're just i don't care mm -hmm. <laughs> and there you have the least amount of movements mm. so in other words receptivity uh is not it does not determine movement mm. outcome at all and mm. that is in, in fact a surprising finding uh, because some people think, oh, yeah, that happens in some uh, people groups in Africa that have been waiting for the gospel to come for mm -hmm. 20 years. And then it comes. And of course, there's breakthrough. But here with us in the West, uh, it, people are just so indifferent to spiritual realities. A movement could never happen. Mm -hmm. The data suggests otherwise. 
Amen. And um, you kind of started to talk about this with the leader, with the movement catalyst. Is there, how do I ask it? I'm just thinking of personalities. God's given us all sorts of different personalities. I remember in a in a previous ministry working at a summer camp, we actually tried to nail down who our good leaders were as they directed these camps. And I remember realizing, you know what? God's used a lot of different, he's used that over-the-top outgoing personality. He was the shy, quiet, reserved. And those that didn't seem to make a difference as far as the quality of their leadership and and the their the people they were bringing up under them. But I'm curious what this found when it came to movement catalysts and maybe what we would think about in the West is like a personality profile. Um, what what did you guys find there? Yeah, um, I can confirm that God uses all sorts of types. God uses uh, introverts and extroverts and thinkers and feelers and unstructured and structured people. So if you use the Myers-Briggs, you know, there's a whole mix or disc or any of the other profile. An effective movement that catalyst is not pigeonholed to be just one particular personality mm. type. There are certain personality aspects, at least psychologists would put that under the category of personality, that do feature among movement catalysts more frequently. So either more than 80% of movement catalysts are marked by this, or even all, and they include emotional stability. Uh, well, if you're in, in challenging circumstances, that makes sense that you need emotional maturity and stability. Uh, dependability. Uh, some describe this also as conscientiousness. In other words, these are people you can rely on. Mm -hmm. uh, if their yes is a yes, uh, people around them know they are trustworthy. Uh, they follow through with their commitments, um, this type of uh, thing. Um, they are adaptable people. Uh, so flexible, in other words, uh, uh, willing to adjust on the go, uh, be spontaneous, uh, make make uh, if the plan doesn't work out, you know, come up with a plan B uh, instantly. And finally, uh, they are marked by persistence. Mm. So people who face challenges, difficulties, and just have a mentality, I won't give up, mm. I will persevere, I will push through this until mm -hmm. I see. What, what I'm here for, what I'm what I'm longing to to reach. Okay. So I'm, I mentioned these four that are under the category of personality somehow. These are traits that characterize effective movement catalyst. Mm. But it would be wrong to assume it's one particular type. And uh, sorry, I'm not that type. So probably God yeah. can never use me that way. Yeah, well, on those, we could have an outgoing person that does or doesn't have those traits and a very introverted person that doesn't have or doesn't have those traits. Those aren't really tied to maybe what we think of initially when we meet somebody in their personality. So that's really helpful. Yeah, I mean, look at me. Um, on the on the Myers-Briggs, I'm a very strong introvert. But I've learned that in ministry, if I want to influence people, I have to be initiating conversation, uh, you know, approach people and be talkative. Uh, so in other words, uh, people can be naturally psychologically introverts, which is, you know, as you know, defined as that's where they draw their energy. Um, I draw my energy when I read my books mm -hmm. or, you know, have a, a chat with my wife, uh, but not when I'm out in the crowd. But mm. behaviorally, I do what it takes to initiate conversations, build relationships, and thereby I share both the gospel and, and other values. I don't even remember why I wrote this as I was reviewing um, my notes and your, your work. 
I just had a note of tell tell us about the role of prayer. So I'll let mm. you run with that. But what did you learn about prayer in particular when it comes to movement catalysts and seeing movement start? So I did not investigate how much prayer there was in the background or how much prayer catalyst mo uh, um, mobilized. But what I did investigate is the role of prayer in the lives of um, of effective catalysts. Mm. And they do pray a lot. Um, so many reports, uh, I think the word has been out, the rumor has been out that the benchmark is 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 two hours or more a day. Mm -hmm. um, so and, and many tell, tell tell me that and say, you know, I go up on the mountain, I go uh, on the, in the park on the walk or I, I, I spent morning early morning hours in my in my chamber. But what is striking more than the quantity is the quality of prayer. Mm. And there are two spiritual qualities that characterize all effective catalysts that, that uh, are tied in with that. One is hunger for God. Um, so hunger for God uh, means that uh, cat effective catalysts see God for God's sake. They seek God to know God mm. more deeply and love him more deeply. They want to go deeper with God uh, to know him uh, out of love, not in order to get something from him, not even to, in order to get a movement from him. Um, so their desire for God is actually stronger than their desire for movements. Mm. That That's one aspect of, of that marks the prayer life. Mm. And the second one is another quality and that is expectant faith so um expectant faith is another quality that characterizes effective catalysts and uh, it's defined as effective catalysts are expectant that god will grow a movement among their people group and save many soon mm. and they have great faith that god will show his his power through their lives so in other words, the quality of the prayer is 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 like the faith are the wings that that make the prayer soar. It's not like uh, you know it matters how many times they intercede for the people group, but it's really seeking God with the expectation that God, yes, you're gonna break through here. Hmm. Um, that is what I, what I heard, what I found consistently. Hmm. So prayer, yes. Fervent intercession is something that characterizes effective catalysts, um, and, and and then their prayer life is is marked by that quality of their personal hunger for God, and praying then their intercessory prayer with with an expectant face. Mm, man, that's good. Good challenge. I was reminded of a previous conversation I had recently about we can we can sometimes get away with God, and we're. <laughs> I'll say I am very pragmatic. Okay, God, I'm ready for the checklist of what you want me to do. And it's no, you just need to spend time with me. That's the call, right? Um, so that's a great, great reminder there. How can people connect with both the book? I know you recently launched a, a blog as well on the same topic. So I'll link to them. But if you just want to share the best way to connect with those things. Yeah, uh, welcome to, uh, to join my new blog. Uh, not nearly as... Uh, well, uh, long on the road as Feeney's here. Uh, actually, just recently uh, uh, launched a month ago. Uh, you will find it on catalyticleadershipinfo.com and Feeney will provide the link for that. Welcome to subscribe to it. In it, I bring uh, actionable insights 
uh, four movement practitioners that come from groundbreaking research. So uh, welcome to subscribe to that. And the book you find on Amazon.com. And uh, it is uh, Emmanuel Prince is my name. And the book title is Movement Catalysts. So uh, check it out. And I'm also keen to see your feedback um, on my blog. There is a form to contact me. I would love to hear back, you know, what's helpful for you. Uh, what else are your issues? Because that is then something I might either address in my future writings and publications or even, you know, do a little study about and, and ask uh, uh, effective catalysts um, about that particular issue that would be helpful for you. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. I, I will link to all those. Um, so this doesn't have to be where we end, but it just is where my mind goes. And I think a lot of listeners too is like, you've maybe you've mentioned different traits as we've had this conversation and it's like, oh, I don't really have that one maybe, or uh, I could, oh, I do have that one. That's exciting. But oh, I could certainly grow on that. So what is just the takeaway? How do we roll this into, um, I think most people listening would desire to see many disciples. They want to see new churches planted and, and lost people reached. How do we reconcile that but also not get so pragmatic that we're just trying to build a checklist of ourselves kind of thing well the good news is all these traits and competencies can be developed i'm telling you from own experience uh because i didn't start out that way myself i've seen it with with other catalysts who have taken the list and said i will integrate that into my personal growth plan mm. i will pick like one or two of them and 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 seek the Lord and determine particular uh, learning goals and learning steps. How I want to grow in the next three months in this particular uh, trait or competency, and I've seen it happen. So uh, all of them can be developed. Uh, there's no point in in looking at the list and say, "Oh, I'm not that." Mm. Um, no, if if you're not that today, fair enough. We have all have strengths in certain areas and weaknesses in other areas. If you or I don't have a certain quality today, well, we can develop it in the mm -hmm. coming month or in the coming year. Um, that is, I believe, how God has, I strongly believe, how God has created us in his image. He has made us a certain way, but he has created us with a potential to grow. Mm -hmm. Grow ultimately in Christ's likeness. But that is different for you, Feeney, mm -hmm. what it means to grow into Christ's likeness than it is for me. Although, you know, we will share certain character traits like love and kindness and patience and hopefully and some others that are clearly the fruit of the spirit uh, some things uh, the spirit uh, wants to develop you in particular and mm -hmm. and you shine in those and some in me so we can grow we can grow mm -hmm. tremendously if we put deliberate attention to it mm -hmm. and that means we we deliberately say this is a this is a quality and I set my mind on this, and I will work on practicing this. Uh, a radical learning. You know, I take, I make this up on the spot and say, all right, I go into this uh, conversation with, with Feeney beforehand, or any conversation I'm having today, a business meeting, a conversation with a neighbor. And I say, okay, what can I learn in this conversation? What can I learn from Feeney as I watch him? You know, how he speaks, how he listens, how he facilitates this podcast. Um and hey, I come away and have grown uh, mm -hmm. in my own ability, 
we can grow, I think, more than most of us realize. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we can grow in all these qualities uh, that the research identified. Mm, that is great. That's a great encouragement. Maybe in closing, is there anything, maybe it's on your heart from this, uh, maybe it's just kind of what God did in your life, but we'd love to kind of give you the last word and, on anything relates that relates to Movement Catalyst or this work. It will surprise you, but I would really say that the quality that marks uh, effective catalyst more than other any other is hunger for God. Mm. And yes, this this podcast is about movements and our conversations has been about movements, but in, in, in the past season of my life, uh, you know, I told you how I desired movements mm-hmm. from the age of 21. I've lived for it. But the longer I live, I say, Father, it's ultimately about you. It's all about you. Mm-hmm. The fact that I live holding your hand today in conscious awareness of your presence today, receiving your loving gaze that is on me every second of the day and returning it to you not every minute but you know uh, Mm -hmm. more and more (laughs) that is the ultimate reality in our lives and Mm. fruit will come out of it that's what jesus says abide in me dwell Mm -hmm. in me and then you will be fruitful so uh, it might be counterintuitive to you feeny and to to those who listen but i would encourage you go deep with god really Mm -hmm. and 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 he will use you he will make you fruitful in his own ways and yes uh, ultimately he can use all of us to contribute to his kingdom come to see movements launch uh some of you as catalysts as the head tip of the spear some of you contributing serving with another person who is maybe the primary catalyst but we have all a role to play If you have any comments or questions, you can head to ontheroad.link. That's ontheroad.link. Head to the same place to find the show notes for links to anything we talked about today. This is Feeney. Thanks for listening. The On the Road podcast is to encourage you to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard.